This show was played live on Friday night. Now we are going to play the repeat of Friday Night Live. Please do not call or text to participate in the show. Any announcement made in the show may now not be applicable. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Friday Night Live with me Hafiz Shaban on this lovely Friday afternoon on the 10th of August corresponding to the 28th of Zil Qaeda 1439 as usual we're broadcasting live to Luton on 105.1 FM Sheffield Link FM 96.7 I believe Peterborough Salam uh, sister stations nationally and internationally via the Inspire FM app and also broadcasting live live Facebook stream on the Inspire FM Facebook stream page. You can listen to us via the Inspire FM app, via the web, via Facebook, or via, of course, the normal traditional radio. Tune in and most importantly, join today's discussion, join today's debate. Get your voices heard, your points of view across, because we're going to be discussing some very interesting topics today. Uh, and our panelists and our guests that we've got with us are going to be sharing their thoughts but we'd always like to hear from you the listeners inshallah your thoughts your opinions do count call into the studio 01582481822 and I, and I feel that we're going to be getting a few calls at least today because someone's been making a lot of headlines in the news over the last couple of days by making some really nasty comments and I want to get your views what you think with regards to those opinions you might already know what I'm talking about if you want to know the number is 01582481822 give us your thoughts give us what's on your mind SMS WhatsApp for those of you that don't want to talk to us directly is 0779 0779481822 inshallah ta'ala for your SMS and for your WhatsApp messages inshallah ta'ala just a reminder you're with me, Happy Shaban, Friday Night Live, and I also have with me in the studio my co-presenter this evening, inshallah, is brother Dr. Abu Bakr Cooper, mashallah. Welcome back to the studio, Dr. Abu Bakr Cooper. Assalamu alaikum and welcome. Wa alaikum salam wa and a big salam to everyone listening. Hope mashallah everyone's fine on this wonderful mashallah. day. Mashallah, good. Well, nice to have you in the studio, inshallah. How have you been? How's, uh, how's health? Alhamdulillah, I've been good, alhamdulillah. Mashallah, it's, it's nice to be a bit cooler and having a little bit of rain after so many hot days. Uh, yeah, but alhamdulillah, I've been, been trying to do swimming to strengthen my bad back, which has helped, mashallah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. May Allah strengthen your back, brother, and strengthen our, all, all of our backs and our, and our iman, inshallah. All right, so what have we got lined up today for our listeners, right? So what we've got lined up today, inshallah, our lead story, and you may want to take note, our lead story is the Burqa Rao, right? The Rao of with regards to the niqab uh, Boris Johnson a lot of us would have heard <clears throat> the foreign former foreign secretary has uh, has been in the press for saying that the people our sisters Muslim sisters who wear burqas who decide to wear burqas they look like letterboxes or bank robbers oh, that's a very nasty thing to say oh, but with regards to any there's, community there's more he's been supported by local Bedfordshire MP Nadine Doris really uh, yeah on Twitter right. so there's so there's there's more that there's more uh, fuel added to the fire right so uh, if, if you and really f- and frankly I, I think what she said is even more inflammatory. Right, so we're going to come on to that but if I, I want to reach out to my listeners first and say if there's mm. a reason for you to call SMS or WhatsApp well here's the reason here's the former foreign secretary saying 
saying that the people who wear burqas are Muslim women, Muslim sisters. They look like bank robbers. That's a disgusting thing to say. But what's you know led him to say that? And why are we hearing such remarks with regards to someone who freely chooses to wear the niqab? I want to ask the question. If I was, if I had the former foreign secretary here, I'd like to ask him his view with regards to this, our fellow Sikh citizens who wear the turbans. What do they look like? What's his opinion on those? What's his opinion with regards to the Jewish citizens who who adorn themselves with the caps or the hats or the sideburns? What's he got to say with regards to them? Or what's he got to say with regards to the women and the clergy of the church? In terms of how they dress and how they look, mm. right? It'd be interesting to hear his views. But, if, but it's only the Muslim women and, and the Muslim women well, always well, who are making the news headlines. I'm not making any accusations here, but I'm asking a question. Mm. So that's very. I'm asking a question. I imagine. Um, uh, imagine how um, the Muslim community mm. would be uh, spoken of at the moment if we had a senior Muslim um, I know MP to, yep. saying something mm. to the effect of, of how um, nuns wearing their habit would be oppressed or if we had a senior Muslim MP or a peer yeah. uh, uh, in the House of Lords saying that... Um, um, yeah that uh, the the dog collar with vicars or the crosses that they were the wear were, were somehow seen in a sinister way yeah, yeah I just ima- I, I wonder what the backlash the would, be. would be I'm asking absolutely. a question absolutely. here I'm no, asking a question and, and I've got a similar question to raise but we'll raise that later so that's our lead story that's gonna be our lead story but just a reminder we're not gonna actually be discussing that immediately we're gonna be discussing that from 7 o'clock to 8 cl- uh, 8 p.m. so 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. we're gonna be discussing the lead story mm. the so for all our listeners with a view and everyone should have a view on this subject matter yeah, I may, maybe hear from you maybe maybe there's listeners there that think it's okay if you do we want to hear all your right. opinion too so, so 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 let's hear the opinions let's hope that you know some of our callers are going to be calling in today inshallah and we're going to have a very interesting debate and a discussion on the pros and cons or with regards to that but before we go into our lead story our opening story is going to be with regards to pakistan we're, we're going to get an update hopefully from some of our correspondents or some of our guests in Pakistan and they're going to be giving us an update it's been almost a week two weeks probably two weeks now I believe since Imran Khan was elected as the prime or well it, the, the, uh, what it appears is going to be the Prime Minister of Pakistan we want to get an update from Pakistan see what's happening on the streets what's been happening in the political kind of uh, you know corridors well, how is this new government potentially shaping up when is he going to be you know being sworn into office and what are the, some of the initial policies and the you know some of the initial decisions that that government is taking is that a is, is that a change already, or is there something more or less of uh, very similar to what was happening previously? So we're going to be discussing Pakistan and update from Pakistan in the first half an hour, and then in the second half an hour, we're going to be covering uh, a cleanup, a, a, a good initiative, local initiative, and that's a big cleanup uh, joint initiative by Luton mosques and community groups that's been happening in in the Luton. It's time to clean up our neighbourhood. Is the logo? So that's inshallah the lineup for this evening. But before we continue and before we go on to our lead story, we are going to be covering, hopefully, uh, an update on Pakistan. And we've uh, we hopefully got a couple of uh, guests that we're trying to line up or maybe we've lined up. Have we been able to line up our guests? We have been able to line up our guests, right? Uh, inshallah, I believe we have Usman Zahid on the, the call. Uh, Usman Zahid, welcome to Friday Night Live. Assalamu alaikum. 
Yes, Alhamdulillah, I'm fine. Great to have you with us uh, this evening uh, from Pakistan. Mashallah. Uh, we were discussing Imran Khan and we're discussing the, the obviously the, the huge kind of, a, you know, landscape change, political change in Pakistan with the victory of Imran Khan. It's been a couple of weeks now. Can you just give us an update in terms of what's been happening in Pakistan since those elections? Uh, well, there was, uh, like, uh, as you know that uh, after this election, Imran Khan's party, Pakistan Tahriki Insaf, uh, couldn't get the majority. So yes. they got, uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, though they were leading in poll, but again, they have to consult small parties, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to meet the required number basically they consulted independent candidates and also yes. they consulted uh, different uh, small parties like NQM and uh, and all uh, you know people who were uh, elected uh, independent candidates so they went to them they you know basically given the given and take process uh, basically going on since last two weeks yes and now today finally they finally announced this uh, National Assembly session going to be convened on 13th uh, on Monday. Right. And uh, and Imran Khan, after this uh, member, new newly elected members will take oath, and after the election of speakers and deputy speaker, then Imran Khan is going to take oath on 18th August. Oh, 18th so of August. I hope and all the yeah. So they managed the required number basically by. Uh, going into alliances with different uh, small parties, independent candidates. So basically, they got the required number now in the lower house, and uh, right. now they are in position to form the government. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good. So, so how was the atmosphere on the streets of Pakistan, uh, Osman? By and uh, you know, what, what is the reaction of the people? Obviously, it's been a couple of weeks. So initially, there was a lot of euphoria, a lot of excitement, a lot of jubile ju ju jubilation with regards to. The, the change of, uh, of, of uh, leadership, or at least the change of individuals, is that euphoria still out there amongst the people? Are they still optimistic? Well, what's, what, what, are the, what are the sentiments from the people, uh, Usman Zad? Uh, well, it was, you can say, there was a, they were like kind of jubilation, uh, like more kind of celebration uh, when this uh, you know, got majority, like they were like leading in polls, and that was initially. Uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, after like a uh, few days of the election results, basically the opposition parties, uh, this is very kind of, uh, it's a, you know, regular exercise, basically opposition, the parties who couldn't win this, uh, in votes. So basically they go in the street and start talking about the rigging and massive rigging and all yes. that, uh, you know, this, uh, Come up with like different kind of uh, uh, protests and all kind of uh, issues. Yes. So this is uh, also happening, like especially the PMLN party, which was the former ruling party in Pakistan. So they have a lot of reservation about the process of election. Yes. They went to election commission and they asked for different uh, constituencies, recounts, and all kind of. Uh, they went to they went in court. Yes. For the to challenge the results, etc. So it was like uh, people were not clear if the Imran Khan party is actually going to form the government because the uh, party has their own issues, basically. They needed numbers. And uh, I spoke to Imran Khan, Sabah, like in uh, 
a couple of weeks uh, before the election. Yes. And he clearly said that it, as everyone was expecting that it will be end up in a hung parliament situation. Mm. So he told me that hung parliament would be a disaster. Yes. And uh, he clearly said that he's not going to make a government with the help of PMLN or People's Party because, uh, you know, he had already uh, said clearly that he's uh, always uh, up for the, you know, in right. all a time during his opposition. So yes. he was up against the corruption right. and the uh, main campaign slogan was, yes. you know, yes. to lose out okay. from this country. Okay. So we can't afford to take them on board. Okay, v- very, very good. Uh, we, we've also got another guest on the on, on the phone line. I, I believe our brother Zafar Iqbal is is also on the line. Brother Zafar, are, are you there? Assalamu alaikum. Yes, I'm on, on the line. Mashallah. So, Brother Zafar is uh, one of the, our directors here at Hey Inspire FM, currently in Pakistan, Mashallah. Uh, Brother Zafar, how are you and, and where are you in Pakistan and what what, what, what has been the, your interaction and your experiences uh, going to Pakistan under the new, you know, government or, well, uh, well not not government at the moment, but with with the post-election where Imran Khan has now won. What, 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 what's the feeling on the ground? What, what are you hearing from the people that you're, you know, engaging with at the moment? Yeah, I'm in AK at the moment, but uh, the AK, the election cycle in the AK is slightly different. It happened a couple of years ago. Right. And so on the ground on the ground itself, I think it's, it's pretty much as normal, but there's a lot of split views around, um, you know, the Moon Party and and uh, the younger youth appear to be sort of supporting uh, Imran Khan and, and longer for, long for them change. Right. Um, but uh, I've been watching, sort of listening to the local media here, the, uh, the the news channels, Geo and all the others, and right. I think we're sort of getting views and trying mm. to gather sort of uh, results and, and statistics, yeah, on, on the outcome of the elections. But mm. um, the way I think it's, what has been said so far is, is uh, it is a hung, part, hung sort of... Um, uh, hung result effectively. So mm. Imran Khan, although he's come out, his party's come out clearly with the, the, the top, most yeah. number of seats. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not enough by themselves to actually form a government. Yes, so he's got to go into co- he's got to go into a, a partnership or coalition. Yes, yes. And um, so so I think for, for our listeners, Pakistan has a federate. Um, it's a federation, basically. It's a federal system. Yeah. Um, so you've got you've got the major states of Punjab, Sindh, Rajasthan, mm. um, and KPK, effectively. So you've got elections for the National Assembly, and you've got elections for assemblies in each of the federal units, uh, effectively. So Imran Khan has clearly won in KPK, mm. uh, and, and he can form government as he did in the pre under under the previous administration. Right. And he won all almost enough votes, right, for the Punjab Assembly. Mm. I think he got 123 versus P- PMLN, or 128 votes in there. So uh, I think. Um, the, the positive thing that's come out so far is mm. that uh, Imran Khan is in negotiations with sort of independent partners, so yes. independents, right, who uh, you know, sort of uh, representatives who don't belong to any party. Yes, uh, and he has actually, he has actually sort of been in touch with some some uh, old hat, um, you know, people who have been around for a while. Yes, uh, so pe- people people who you would have thought he wouldn't touch, but he has been. Uh, in negotiations. So the untouchables, he's been in, in contact with the untouchables, has he? Some of them, yeah, not all, all right. of them. So, he, so he's, also, he's also in touch with 
uh, MQM, yes. which, as you know, yes. uh, it was seen in quite a poor light twice in the last. Absolutely. So, like I said, the, the, the important, the, the I guess the positive thing is that he, according to the media so far, how true it is, uh, according to the media, he's able to form a national government in, uh, you know, national government uh, with partners in Punjab, uh, in Baluchistan, and not in Sindh, though in Sindh, I think the PPP will, will retain and be right. the government there. Right, right. Um, he'll be in opposition, but for for three, uh, three the provinces, states, yes. Uh, yes. Three provinces. He's able to form a government, government according right. to the news that's out so far, yeah, the, which is a which is a lot better, which yeah. is a lot better than the Noon government last time, because Noon government, although it had a, had a whacking great majority, it was all exclusively more or less in right. Punjab, oh. and they were not able to f- form governments in other other states. Right, fantastic, brother Zafar. We also have Usman Zahid, right? So he's is the BBC Pakistan uh, producer, also on the line, and he was giving us an update earlier, saying that the inauguration ceremonies is is looking to happen around the 18th of August. But I I, I want to go back to brother okay. Usman and just ask him. I mean, we've seen some good initiatives, you know, we, uh, from Imran Khan. We've seen up uh, the the statements with regards to giving up of the president house. MNAs to live in their own homes. Imran Khan has been seen touring around without a huge, you know, entourage, you know, of these seven series and S classes that you know a lot of these politicians are accustomed to. No fancy meals. You know, we've seen a lot of some positive initiatives, right? But I've also been reading with regards to we're we're back to the IMF for another bailout. So more money coming via IMF. More kind of a you know a privatization has been announced. You know, a huge wealth fund that's been created, and 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 that's coming for criticism with regards to. Same kind of policies of previ- previous governments. How, how how are you seeing these early kind of decisions and early policies, uh, Usman Zaid? Well, Imran Khan basically, in his, uh, you know, he went too far during his election com- campaign, basically saying that we not we're not gonna go to IMF or anyone to you know seek loans, and basically we'll bring country out of all these clutches of the International Monetary Fund and all kinds exactly. of institutions. Yes. And uh, basically, all, so all the time, he made such a big lens, but now it seems that he's in a difficult position. Basically, he has no option but to go to IMF again in September. Basically, country needs immediately $12 mm. billion basically mm. for his uh, bailout. Basically, I mean, they, they have to take six measures. I mean, they have to meet the IMF demand to, you know, uh, go for this uh, bailout package. Mm. And another thing is, uh, today we have seen this uh, Saudi bank has also announced uh, uh, a, a loan to Pakistan, a, right? Uh, as a loan. Yeah, loan to Pakistan. But again, it's on this uh, very strict terms and conditions. It's not like uh, uh, kind of, uh, you know, any free meal. So, yes. I mean, countries in a Big uh, economic crunch, and basically, this government has to take very strict uh, measures to deal with this crisis. And, uh, you know, uh, in the meantime, government is not, uh, you know, kind of uh, in the position to take such a backlash if they go and they take uh, strong measures and to further devalue the uh, rupee value. So, if they go immediately for a privatization, because uh, Earlier government, even PMLN tried to privatize CIA, and there was such a big reaction from the uh, union leaders, and basically people come out in the MNC privatization. So it's not easy. It's going to be very challenging for the newly elected government 
Mm. And uh, I mean, now we'll see actually how these people basically who were going on making such a big stand, basically will uh, be, you know, the Pakistani living abroad to send us money and we'll launch some bonds and all kind of measures they were talking about. Now we'll see how they're going to go about it and how much they will successful in so let me ask you, uh, Usman Zaid, then, uh, okay, so you, uh, in essence what we're saying is that already some of the things that Imran Khan was, you know, pot, you know uh, uh, kind of lobbying against and, and speaking out against during the pre-campaign, he's already almost in a U-turn on some of those items. So are you optimistic with regards to substantial, significant changes in, in, in with regards to economics, uh, foreign policy, you know, you know, and some of the other key areas, or are you really expecting towing or the pretty much in, in line with what was happening previously uh, well they have little option to if they don't go to IMF basically going to IMF is the, like uh, even his uh, uh, finance minister to be uh, the Akadomar basically he ruled out the option that okay IMF is not a, is also can be considered like as an option because uh, now we are considering other things like privatization. Mm. So the uh, seeking help from the Pakistanis in, in different countries. Again, we didn't rule out the option of IMF because we know that you know this is the the time is not enough for to do all kinds of work like privatization. That those yeah. things take time, and you you know they are not ready to face kind of any political backlash because they are not in the like the majority they are yes. forming government with different uh, you know coalition parties yes, so yes, yes. they can't uh, they are not in position to take some big legislation or some mm. kind of big decision they have to you know consider all kind of political they have to consider all kind of you know the uh, you know the public reaction yes so yes so they you know it's difficult uh, i mean to for them to you know not to go to imf and put Exactly. Into taking such big measures which are hard them in political kind of, you know, yes. uh, in the in their prospects, yeah. Right, right. Okay, Us- Usman Zaid, uh, uh, we're, we're coming towards the end of the, the first half of the show. So I really appreciate your time. Uh, Jazakallah. Thank you very much for joining us on Friday Night Live. Uh, again, once again, thank you very much, Usman Zaid. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you very much, uh, brother. Brother Zafar, hopefully you're still with us. I just want to get your last view views on on this story before we close uh, in, uh, this uh, particular discussion. You still there? Yeah, still here, uh, yeah. brother. So I guess, brother, you you just heard what Osman is saying with regards to some of the. Uh, crucial areas with regards to economics with regards to you know uh, restructuring you know obviously the debt crisis with regards to you know the US relationships but I guess you're going to say it's going to take time before you know Imran Khan or any other government is able to make any substantial changes what are your thoughts on some of the comments from our last guest yeah indeed to be honest this crisis came uh, as the elections were happening so Mm. he's not really had uh, Imran Khan's not really had the time to actually sort of think about this too deeply in terms of the options. Um, So uh, I think IMF is one option. Americans have come out and opposed, basically put conditions on it that, um, you know, you can only use this this loans for certain things and not repay loans from China, etc. So although I think, you know, in in previous campaigns, Imran Khan has actually said that he'd rather not borrow money from anybody. Mm. Uh, This crisis is is landed at a time when he's not had a 
a lot of time to prepare. Mm. Um, but having, having said that, having said that, one thing unusual we've noticed here is, is uh, usually uh, people when they go to the exchange currency exchanges here, yeah. uh, they normally get a better rate than what you get in the UK. Uh, so right. it's normally one or two rupees above the rates, but now it's ten rupees less than what you get in the UK, right. which means that, that some of the some of the big wigs right are not keep, not wanting to keep any kind of foreign currency in the UK. So you, you've seen a flight of foreign currency right, right, in right. Pakistan, right. and le- led by some of these big wigs right who are I guess right. Uh, right. wanting to see what the outcome is going to be. From the from the government, yes. um, and so it's a cri- it's a crisis, but it's I think it's a crisis of confidence rather than any sort of uh, right. I would say as well as 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 well as any as well as economical policies etc. Right. Okay, brother Zafar, last minute or, or so. Uh, you're obviously a regular to Pakistan. Any 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 significant changes on on this trip in Pakistan? How's the how's the trip so far? I'm the last trip is very good. So I think Pakistan is moving. Uh, very rapidly, progressing very rapidly. To be honest, I see changed everywhere, mm. uh, wherever you go, in terms of development, uh, infrastructure, technology, etc. So, Alhamdulillah, um, you know, a lot of progress in Pakistan is made on the backs of people and the hard work that people do themselves, mm. rather than in government policies. But there is a definite need for government that could be trusted, and I think a lot of people are putting their hope on. Imran Khan and PCI yeah. because he's made the right no- noises. Right. Whether he's able to deliver or not, his hands are tied. He's in yeah. a coalition. Yeah. Some some of the old guard are still there. Right. right? Ten he's seconds. Gonna have to play, he's going to have to play. He's going to have to play it very fine to okay. avoid getting into trouble. All right, Brother Zafar, Jazakallah. It's great to hear from you on the other side, uh, out in Pakistan, and we hope to see you back in the studio very soon, inshallah. Jazakallah for your time this evening, yeah. Brother Zafar. Okay. okay. All right, Jazakallah. Listeners, that was Brother Zafar, our own Brother Zafar from Inspire FM, out in AK at the moment in Pakistan, giving his perspective on how things are in Pakistan at the moment, post-Imran Khan elections. Obviously, still things changing slowly. Uh, government to be formed on the 18th of August as per Usman Zahid BBC Pakistan producer you are with me Hafi Shaban on Inspire FM inshallah we're about to go into a commercial break when we come back we're going to be discussing the cleanup initiative that's been going on in Luton you need to hear about that so don't go away and join us in a couple of minutes inshallah until then assalamu alaikum Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, uh, listeners, to Friday Night Live with me, Hafi Shaban, getting a bit stuck, bit stuck with my uh, studio controls here. But alhamdulillah, I think I've, I've managed to get around it. Uh, welcome back, and inshallah ta'ala, pray that you are well. We've been discussing an update from Pakistan from our own brother Zafar out in Pakistan at the moment and giving us an update uh, in terms of how things are progressing in Pakistan post the Imran Khan victory. And we've also been discussing with uh, one of the BBC producers out in Pakistan, uh, also brother Usman Zahid, giving his perspective of how some of the easy slogans that Imran Khan was using in his 
pre-election campaigning have already been compromised when it comes to IMF and when it comes to going to some of these institutions and seeking their aid exactly what they were campaigning that they're not going to do and they're already doing that. Mm. Brother Zafar says give them some time they've got some immediate challenges and they need to face those challenges. A lot of people out there pessimistic that when it comes to the main issues is towing the same line but when it comes to some of the, the, the national issues well we're seeing some subtle changes we're seeing some cosmetic changes i we've seen imran khan being out and about you know you know mixing up with the, with the locals we've seen president house etc being used uh, or not used by the official government officials etc uh, and they just see those as small steps and small changes as opposed to the significant changes that pakistan really requires at this stage which is really freeing itself up from the international shackles of these some of these institutions brother abu bakr cooper i think that the the, the thing that we, inshallah we need to make dua for with, with pakistan mm. is is that what has to happen mm. and never seems to happen is that whoever's in power yeah. you constantly seem to get this undermining um subculture that that tries to delegitimize whichever gov- government is in power mm. and unfortunately this this is something that constantly seems to happen in mm. the politics of the country right. and really for it to stand a chance and to flourish yeah. people that have lost the vote yeah. and are now in opposition right. they have to respect the process of what the people have decided right. and let them have a fair chance at getting on oh. there's there's right. too much history there yeah. 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 of deri- of a derisive um, system right. with whoever is in power with whoever is not in power right. making it difficult for them and it's, this this i think this is a lot of the reason why there's so many difficulties that, there that's a very interesting point br- brother abubakar because i i thought you were actually inferring to me and some of my comments i'm making with regards to imran khan and, and his and his i'll, I'll be honest victory I'll, because i'll be honest with you the, the, I'm, I'm this, this some serious questions the, there also no the specifics but there, there of is, there is room for legitimate questions to be asked the specifics right? of his policies yeah. i'll be honest i'm yeah. not i'm 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 not okay with i'm, I'm yeah. not up, up on that yeah. but looking at the history yeah. of, of the country over the last 20 or 30 years that i can yeah. remember yeah. it's constant infighting with whoever's yes. in power and yes. whoever's yes. been toppled from power yes. and not respecting the situation of the of the people having put another government in right i feel that this is why the country has lost fruitfulness and and isn't making progress and and has led to its problems if whoever has been voted out respects and doesn't undermine who's voted in right this is what the people have got to push for all right so you've heard my co-presenter in the studio interesting comments by dr abu bakar cooper we're going to respect those opinions i'm going to reach out to my listeners again and get their views 0152481822 01582481822 if you have family if you have friends if you have connections out in Pakistan and you've spoken to someone recently over the last couple of weeks since Imran Khan's victory what are you hearing from Pakistan 01582481822077948182 for the ones who are shy to speak to us directly in the studio sms whatsapp give us your thoughts with regards to Imran Khan's victory in the Pakistani elections of course it's taken a couple of weeks it's taken a couple of weeks of 
maneuvering and poli- you know politi- uh, politicking if, if if i get the right word right so there's a lot of back you know backdoor diplomacy and agreements and and you know deals being done and that's a problem actually because when you're making deals and you have to compromise on some of your principles that's a problem right and that's what some of the i think that's what you know my 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 guest earlier was saying that may is, be so yeah but what you have to be, you, you have to understand politics is a pragmatic uh um, pragmatic game is it well not a pragmatic game but it is a pragmatic profession and what you have to appreciate is especially when you're politically, a, is a pragmatism the same as political expediency just out of interest uh abubakar unless you're voted in with a massive because majority that, unless you that's uh, going to very nicely go the reality of the situation is is as an, unless you're v- voted in with such a huge m- a majority that you have an absolute mandate and you don't have to look to support yeah. um and to get a majority in yeah. parliament whichever yeah. country or you're in yeah. you are going to have to compromise and you right. have to und- people have yeah. to understand this right. compromise in politics mm. shouldn't be seen as a dirty word because it's a reality if you don't have an absolute yeah. majority yes what yes. you have to understand is yeah. is that you vote mm. for a parliament yes and you're not necessarily and it's it's the parliament's you, you're job vote, it's the parliament's you're voting job for a party right you're voting no, for no, a party no, 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 you're voting no. for principles no, no, no. you're voting no, no. for certain values you certain vote, co- policies that those those people are campaigning you vote upon for a parliament the, the last thing you want to see is a, is a is a party and an and a leader come in and we the first thing he does is he says i'm not going to go out to the imf for, for loans and then the first thing he actually does is go he goes right. exactly to imf for loans the, the people vote and, and i just the, just the before, people vote just before parliament. you make Listen, that comment let me let me just complete my comment which is the fact that uh, it was very interesting for us uh, you know a brother what was his name uh, Usman uh, 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 my my guest okay. Usman Zahid Usman Zahid thanks for reminding me Usman Zahid now he said that Imran Khan was campaigning on 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 that as a policy uh, okay so when you're campaigning and you're standing up for elections and you're standing up to be voted as a prime minister of a country you have to have a manifesto you have to you have to have a detailed study plan of what are the economic issues what are my economic crises how am i going to resolve yes, what, 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 right. what, what is government right. day one government week but one you, month one and you got to have a have strategy to... you can't go to polls and and then take a u turn and say you know what i have got these challenges and i'm sorry i have to go against no. everything that, that If I'm if 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 I'm campaigning to be prime minister of the country and I right. only receive 49% of the vote. Yeah. And the 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 other vote is spread across yeah. different parties. Yeah, yeah. What you have to appreciate is is mm. that the people vote mm. for a parliament. Right. Right? And this is what a lot of people don't understand in yeah. politics. The people vote for a parliament. Right. It is then parliament's job. Yeah. to then construct a government. Mm. Now if your party mm. has a majority yeah. then that is very easy that party can easily right. construct the government from their majority but if you do not okay. have a majority mm. because it then it is parliament's it is parliament's responsibility to form a government right. Right. that government has to be interesting formed on the basis okay. of pragmatism and compromise okay. and in this situation compromise is not a dirty word okay interesting because it has to allow for the situation for um a coalition to to form a balance of the ideas from the other right. parties within the parliament right Listen, so unless you get a majority it's impossible for any government whether it's here pakistan in any democracy in the okay. world great, to great. form a government 
so that they're thank able to do everything that they campaigned on. That's 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 the reality, okay. and that would, that would be the same here. All right, thank you very much, Abu Bakr. That that was the views of Abu Bakr Cooper, my co-presenter in the studio. Do you agree? Do you disagree? It's not a view. It's a reality. It's, it's, a it's reality. not a view. Do, it, it's do, a reality. It's what happens here. In do, do you agree or do you disagree? Let's let's reach out to our listeners. Let's get some views from our listeners. I I, I would be very keen to see if the, those that are listening out there what, what their views are. 0158248822 is the number in the studio. Zero triple seven nine four eight one eight double two for those who prefer to SMS and WhatsApp. Fantastic discussion. I have to share with my listeners that uh, my co-president Abu Bakr, uh, Abu, Abu Bakr Cooper actually said he doesn't want to discuss about Pakistan politics. So it's fantastic to see you got so much to share with you, which is great uh, and, and great to hear from you. But we're going to move on swiftly onto our next topic uh, because we're, we're fast running out of time. And our next topic was we're trying to line up our guest who's gonna we're going to be discussing the next uh, uh, you know story with. Our next story is with regards to the big cleanup, right? The big cleanup initiative that's been going on in Luton, right? So the big initiative, uh, the big cleanup initiative, a joint initiative by Luton mosques and community groups, right, Abu Bakr? I want you to listen to this and I want your thoughts on this, right? It's time to clean up our neighborhood. So a lot of the massages, mashallah, have got together. Right, and they've done some. Uh, uh, they've initiated a fantastic initiative, right? Which is to go out there, go out onto our streets, go into our local neighborhoods, right? And you know, roll up our sleeves. And it's not. I don't. I hope it's not just a Photoshop opportunity. But we've actually literally rolled up our sleeves. We've gone out there, and you know, we've made a difference on the streets, right? So we're hoping to speak to uh, one of our guests. Who are we going to be speaking to? Just remind me. Uh, it is uh, Brother Maksud Anwar. So of, we're going to be speaking to Brother Masjid. Maksud Anwar from Medina Masjid. So we're trying to line up Brother Maksud Anwar. But until we line the, up that brother, right? Your thoughts on that initiative? I mean, to me, it sounds fantastic, right? So yeah. it, it, it is fantastic. But yeah. but but it's, we are a community, yeah. and, and the community is not is not just the Muslims in in Luton. Yeah. It's it's everybody. Yeah. And um, I remember um, uh, presenting in here one evening, mm. um, maybe about a, a year ago. Yeah. And there was a wonderful initiative that that was organised by um, two English chaps in mm. um, High Town. Right. And they were doing the something, same thing. Something similar. Y- yeah, they were oh, doing fantastic. exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Having a drive um, for clean for for, for cleaning cleaning up, cleaning the, up the high town area. Very good. Um, so so it, it's not just the massage. It's it, it's yeah, me- it's other it's other people in yeah. our community no, as no, well. No, fantastic. So hats off to them as well. Because so, they they were doing it a long yeah. time ago. No, but no. I am aware that um, um, some of the massages have also done this um, earlier in in um, Last year. previous years yeah, yeah. as well. The, the difference is. Is that last year I remember it was one or two mustards that were doing this, right? Mm. Uh, but this time, mashallah, the flyer that I have in front of me, there's uh, eight massages, you know, or in uh, some of the some centers too, or maybe seven massages plus one center that have been involved in, in this cleanup, right? Or at least a part parcel of this cleanup. Some of those have already happened, and some of those are planned over the next couple of weeks. So fantastic initiative. Now I tell you why it's brilliant, right? And it's good to to see these kind of initiatives because. Where it's about make it's, it's not only about contributing to society and to our community, but it's about Muslims actually, you know, 
you know, you know, making positive news, right? And mashallah, we've got brother Tariq also who's coming to the studio, who's gonna probably share a few thoughts. And he's, he's also been, I'm sure, in the in in the in the community amongst uh, the circles that have been discussing this initiative, right? But it's the Muslims making some positive news, right? And are we are we getting that that positive news out there in the media? Uh, I, I, I don't know if you've if you've if you've seen that being actually covered in the local press or not. Have you, have you seen it? Personally, myself, I, I can't comment, and unfortunately, I, d I don't get the local newspaper anymore. Um, so, what, what, I, what happened? Bro? Have you been bought? It just doesn't get you delivered. Didn't, you didn't pay your council taxes, Achim. Welcome, Salam. Jazakallah for putting my mic up. Sheikh, yeah, I thought I'd quickly come in. Our brother Maksud is just on his way, inshallah, and brother Mohit is just currently not available to speak on the phone. I thought it'd be good to speak to brother Mohit because he is part of Hokkuring Masjid and part of the uh, I would say probably one of the first masters to kind of start doing the cleanups I think they've been doing it about two three years now in Hockle Ring uh, again one of the masters who are actually on board the big cleanup but this year Alhamdulillah they've actually uh, brought, brought it out to other masters as well as yes. uh, some other community groups uh, and just one of the points that you wanted to you, you picked up upon uh, or I think Abu Bakr picked up upon saying not just the massages there's other uh, communities uh, and, and religious groups who actually do this as well and this actually uh, was shown this Saturday I was actually part of the one that took place uh, with Medina Masjid uh, just around the uh, Shaftesbury Road area, Hampton Road, and there's about four mm. or five roads which we covered. Uh, and Alhamdulillah, those roads were actually covered by not only, of course, uh, members and volunteers from the Medina Masjid, mm. but also from, from the church on Shaftesbury Road. Nice. So the Reverend itself, they've got a very good relationship with the church. They came down. Uh, they had a number of volunteers from the church as well. So it was a, it was a joint effort from the church and the Masjid to actually clean up those roads. So that was actually really good to see. Fantastic. Sounds so, so Sounds very good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what what about the the media coverage of uh, of this initiative? Have, have we got much media coverage? I mean, because that's that's the key thing, isn't it? It's getting media coverage. Not not the fact that contributing locally doesn't is not enough, right? It is is a good initiative, but also getting that in the media because we're always getting these negative stories about the Muslims. You know, is is about time we get a share of some positive news coverage it have, is have, have we been able to secure that as far as, far as i'm aware obviously there's, there's all there's been a lot of uh, a lot of press releases uh, since the start and i think mm -hmm. that it has been covered by a number of uh, different uh, uh, media outlets but to be honest uh, like uh, abu bakr has said i haven't actually been able to see anything myself uh, in regards uh, anything on the news or mm -hmm. uh, on the radio but i have been told there has been a few interviews uh, taking place uh, brother maksud may be a bit more aware of that uh, but i think i think media coverage wise to be honest uh, i I think there's two separate uh, kind of uh, aims of this uh, this project itself. One is obviously the fact that we as Muslims need to take some sort of a responsibility of our town, uh, and inshallah, of course, give back uh, to uh, to to our town. And secondly, of course, it is it is always good to have some sort of a a positive image in the in, in the news of Muslims. Unfortunately, not always gained. But I think if we at least attain. The first objective of putting, a, a, I mean, a, of cleaning up our town more than anything else, mm. uh, and I think if we can maybe get other uh, people on board as well. And I think I remember uh, when I was when we were actually doing it on Saturday, mm. uh, somebody just happened to actually come outside his house and he said, "Oh, you guys are doing this. Can I join in, please?" So Alhamdulillah, I think even in that sense, it's quite good to see to to actually kind of, you mean, let people think that you know what, it's not a crime to clean up the road yourself. I know a lot yeah. of people probably have the perception that maybe the council should be doing it, or why are we doing it? Why is this? Yeah. Fine, the council. Uh, the, 
mean, there's probably a certain element of uh, even yeah. responsibility with the council and stuff. But as individuals, I think, you know, as, as Muslims especially, mm. we're told, uh, you mean, cleansiness is, is a big part of our iman. And I think yeah, yeah. if we did our own, if I did, if we did our little bit, mm. I think we'd make a big difference in the town. Fantastic. So, listeners, you are you, you are listening to Inspire FM Friday Night Live, and we are discussing this fantastic initiative in our community that's been going on maybe second year or third year, at least from uh, from my recollection. And it's the big cleanup now. Before we go to Brother Maksud, who has joined us in the studio, the key thing is it doesn't have to be this particular initiative. You know, we need to all think about some you know initiatives that we could probably you know initiate, right, and, and contribute back to our community and the society that we're actually living in a, in a positive way. A make some positive change in our community, and B you know being Muslims is also good to actually then broadcast that you know showcase that so that you know the Muslims are making positive news making headlines for a positive reason right and so that's also part and parcel of the tower so you know scratch your heads and think of some ideas think of something that you could actually you know initiate locally in your community and that could be a you know a positive factor that actually contributes towards achieving something positive but let me go to brother Maksud who's joined us in the studio Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh welcome to Friday Night Live mashallah welcome to the studio great great to have you here inshallah so you've uh, I understand you've been involved in in, in this initiative uh, was it was it last weekend fourth Saturday 4th of August organized by the Medina Masjid mashallah yes it was uh, organized by Medina Masjid and the church as well so oh, and the church, Saints, yeah All Saints Church is that the one on, on, that, on that same street is it uh, it's on the uh, corner of Shaftesbury Road and Hampton Road right. so uh, we, what do you call it uh, David Keston who's the wicker there yes. and Joe Burke uh, who's also the wicker there they what right. you call it approached us yes. that it was really a dirty area sort of thing what can we do and yeah. I think in Christianity yes. uh, is what you call it uh, godliness uh, cleanliness is next to godliness, godliness yes. so yes. you know and I said look this is very similar to our own faith which is mm. what you call it uh, you know half of your iman is yes. uh, cleanliness so we had a meeting before and we sat down together and see what we could do yeah, yeah. in the area sort of thing. So yeah. we, uh, we got uh, people around and also we um, had a meeting and decided that we would clean up every mm. first Saturday of each month. Mm. And also try to educate the people around the area as well. Yes. So what we did was also uh, made leaflets and we knocked on doors. Mm. And uh, try to what you could get people to come in for a meeting on the fifth, which was a Sunday in the mosque. This is uh, in, around the Medina Masjid area. In the Medina Masjid area, oh, so yeah. we cleaned uh, between the church and the mosque. How was the response of the of the doors that you knocked on? Uh, it was very positive, uh, mm. but we were a bit disappointed that people didn't turn up on the mm. Sunday itself. Right. We had only about 15 people that turned up. Okay. But again, uh, they were very interested uh, in what you call keeping this area clean. Mm. And mm. what we can do, uh, also, we talked about uh, making it nicer, so maybe mm. planting flowers, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had, uh, what we're trying to do is get uh, Beachill School on board. Mm, fantastic. So the kids, will we will give them seeds, so they will plant the seeds, and then we'll have uh, small uh, baskets of flowers that mm. we can put up next year. In so it's kind of spiraling into a bigger, bigger idea, and, bigger and, and, idea and other sure. ideas are actually mm. sprouting from, from that, which, which is fantastic. And, th and that's my whole point, that, you know, let's start some of these positive initiatives. And I, and I love the idea I mean it's not just the, the, the point that just the Muslims are doing it but we're actually reaching out because the, the society and the community doesn't just comp comprise of Muslims it comprises of non-Muslims Sikhs Hindus you know people of faith people of non-faith and so on and so forth so as a community we should be and we should be looking towards working together 
with with all of that community. I, I believe that we've got is it brother Mohit on, on, on the on the phone? Or we got a caller? We got a caller on, on, on the phone. Uh Salaam uh who's calling and where are you calling? Walaikum. Walaikum Salam. I don't want to give my name but okay. I was just saying uh what about having a campaign to clean Bury Park itself, the shopping area? Yeah, a campaign it's to clean it. Very unclean and very untidy. Yep. And lots of people are, you know, embarrassed to come down here these days. Really? Okay. Good good to well, hear that. But... You know, especially the shopping area. Yeah. You know, the the amount of uh, the wooden um, boxes and everything they just yeah. leave outside and there's no yeah. cleaning going on. Yeah, okay, great. I mean, that, that's a good suggestion. It's a, it's a good idea that, you know, how, how about cleaning up the Bury Park area? I mean, Bury Park area, I mean, I think that's a very good suggestion in the sense that it is the heart, you know, almost, you know, the juggler vein of, of the of the, of the the community, you know, the, the shopping district, the, the key area. And I know I've seen a lot of uh, uh, kind of a, a local council enforcement officers, you know, with the, with their with their visible, you know, jack, high visibility jackets wearing them going and enforcing some rules with regards to how far some of the shops can actually, you know, uh, you know, market their merchandise out there in, in, in Bury Park over the last couple of days, at least whilst I've been out there. Especially in the, sorry, especially in the evenings when it's yeah. closing time and yes. they just leave everything on the side, the vegetables and the boxes, and it's just so embarrassing, really. Uh, and I that... work with people in I work with people in Dunstable, and yeah. they just say how awful it is just to drive through. Yeah, you know. I, I actually, that that's a very good point. Now, I mean, I mean, to be to be honest with you, I have seen some of the vendors out there, you know, doing a bit of a cleanup on on an evening, right? Whether it's done a hundred percent or or ninety percent or eighty percent is an, is is another question. And actually, that's a good point that maybe we can actually reach out to some of those uh, you know key influential businessmen in in that area to say that look, maybe we need to do that a hundred percent to make sure that you know we're leaving that street and that area, which so which which is such a key area, nice and clean in the evening so that it gives a positive impression. Jazakallah to our listener uh, and our caller for actually calling in and sharing those thoughts uh, with us. Anything else you wanted to say before you go away? Or? No, no, that was all. That I was really all. appreciate Thank that. Thank you very much. Uh, Brother Maksud, your thoughts on uh, on our caller? No, that's a, uh, I think what the council do, they, they come in the mornings. Right. So uh, they clean up in the morning. So yeah. and then what you call it starts mm. getting dirty, and I think yes. it's left over in the evening. So, yeah. but I think what we need is more bins uh, as well, sort of thing. So th this is another thing that we're trying to work with the council. Yeah. So it have bins yeah. that you can put rubbish yes, into because yes. you see that there is hardly any bins yeah. there to put rubbish yes. into, and then just people just drop litter on the floor, sort of thing. So if we can get bins, yes, uh, from the council. Yeah. So trying to work with the council itself, yes. try. Uh, and yes. also maybe you know if, if they can clean it up in the evening instead of yes. in the morning yes. it would be even better exactly so we've got about three more minutes to discuss this right so uh, the, the uh, two questions I have right so the, hopefully this wasn't just a photo sh shooting opportunity we actually did some real cleaning and made some real changes on, on the streets I hope that that, that that we achieved that but then the, the wider the wider question is that this is just one initiative right uh, you know really our, our message to our community is that Here's a positive initiative that's going on out there, right? And and B, what are some of the other positive initiatives that we can strike, right? Or we can initiate, we can set up, you know, the ideas that we can bring forth to some of our community leaders. And it doesn't have to be to our community leaders, in fact, is that why don't you just join hand with, with others and set up some, some of these initiatives in our community and, and bring about some positive change. At the end of the day, for me, is not only bringing about positive change in my local neighborhood, but also, you know, giving a bit of a dawah and using that as an opportunity to really create some positive news for, for the Muslims. Brother Maksud, your, your thoughts on that, final thoughts? 
I think, yeah, it's a great idea. We need to do things like this. So, for example, the mosque is opening up on every Wednesday morning between 11 and 1 o'clock. Right. And that's just for loneliness. People that are lonely that can come in for a cup of tea. So, you know... This is uh, Medina Masjid. This is it? Medina Masjid. Oh, so these good. are the sort of initiatives that we as a, what you call it, uh, society have that's to right. do. Because I think yes. there's 9 million people yes. in this country that are lonely. You know, they have that's got fantastic. nobody to talk I, I, to. Is that being well advertised? I, I've not seen that before. It's been going on for about three months at the moment. So Right. Thing. So there is something we need to maybe advertise more. Right. Uh, so also what we were t- trying to do is at first day of each month, we're trying to what you call it, uh, surgery for people to uh, benefits. They need to have to fill in benefits. Also, people that want to do CV, filling in forms and interview training. So we've got a sister coming in, giving interview training for the uh, on what you could first Wednesday of each month. Fantastic, brother Maksud. I wish you came in earlier because I'm running out of time, right? And uh, brother Tariq's just reminding me that those any any of our listeners that want to get involved, then tomorrow, Farley Hill Mosque, Sunday the fifth of no, it's not Sunday tomorrow. It's Saturday. It's Saturday the eleventh. Is there something happening tomorrow, Saturday eleventh? Let me see. Yes, that is legal. Give Hall Mosque Saturday the 11th of August 10:30 inshallah if you want to get involved get there Lee Grave Hall Mosque Saturday 11th of August time 10:30 1:45 High Street inshallah I've got that right just about in time brother Maksud Jazakallah here for for joining us it would have been great to have you in for a bit longer we're going to discuss a bit more but we are about to go into a commercial break a mandatory commercial break so I have to stop what I'm discussing uh, we're going to be back and we're going to be covering our lead story for this evening and that is Boris Johnson's comments with regards to the sisters who wear burqa and I really want to hear from our listeners and mashallah we already got a caller discussing the cleanup initiative I expect a lot more callers to discuss to 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 call in and air, and air their views with regards to the comments that Boris Johnson's been making up. He's been causing a lot of stir. You are with me for Hafiz Shaban on Friday Night Live. We're about to go into a commercial break. Inshallah, do not go away. We'll be back in a couple of seconds. Inshallah. Until then, Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to Friday Night Live with me Hafiz Shaban on Inspire FM 105.1 FM and also broadcasting live to our sister stations up and down the country Luton and Sheffield, Peterborough uh, and some of the other sister stations that are broadcasting uh, Friday Night Live every Friday. Also, also broadcasting live on our app uh, in addition to our Facebook live stream. So plenty of opportunities and, and ways to actually tune in to us and listen to us inshallah ta'ala. So definitely no excuses for not tuning in every Friday 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. inshallah. So first half of the show we've been discussing an update from uh, from Pakistan on uh, the Pakistan elections post uh, the victory of Imran Khan and uh, we've also covered the the cleanup initiative that's been going on in Luton mashallah by some of the masajids in Luton great idea great initiative with regards to you know really contributing back to our community in the society that we're living in in a positive way which actually makes some change locally and also at the same time you know acts as a form of dawah gives a positive perspective and a positive image of the muslims hopefully we get some uh, media coverage of of some of these initiatives too right one of the questions that i actually forgot to ask brother maksud earlier was whether we were able to successfully get some media coverage of this 
this initiative. I'm going to go on to that question in a minute before we go into our lead story. So our lead story this evening is going to be the burqa comments right the burqa row that's been going on over the last couple of days right so all of you must have heard what's been happening in the news and if you've missed it then you want to listen to the following statements the for- former foreign secretary has been quoted as saying that people in burqas i.e., the, the muslim sisters they looked like the people who wear uh, burqas they look like letterboxes right and if if that wasn't bad enough he then went on to say oh bank robbers now that is a very derogatory and a very you know it's incredible that a man of that stature of that caliber of that political you know background you know an educated individual can make such kind of derogatory statements about people bank robbers i mean how do you equate you know a, a, you know a sister i'm going to ask a question here yeah. we're always we're always hearing mm. oh muslims we don't integrate ourselves in now mm. i'm going to ask a question mm. to integrate oneself you have to feel welcome right right now That's not very welcome I'm, uh, yeah i'm now I, I, i'm asking a question here if you have a member of your community yeah. and you start to come out with uh statements that they look like letterboxes mm. and they look like bank robbers mm. god forbid yeah how does that make you? How does Absolutely. that make? How does that? How do they honestly think that makes us feel? Now, do we? But, but, fi- but, but, but does that make us feel welcome? Yeah. Or do we feel like we are being judged so, so, and so, viewed as a pariah of the society? Right. Very good question. I'm Abu asking Bakr. a question here. What very, do you think? What do good, you think? Very good question, Abu, Abu Bakr. And we are going to ask those questions. What is? What is? What are we trying to get? What is Boris Johnson trying to gain out of making such comments and, and these derogatory statements? We're going to be asking those questions actually on a but positive I would, I, note I on a positive note Theresa may Theresa may mm. stood up mm. and she did the right thing mm. our prime minister stood up and mm. she did the right thing on television right. and she said what he did was wrong right. i was pleased with that okay, but what i want to see yeah. i want to see what is the conservative party going to do about this okay. uh, brother maksuda before we dive into this topic and we've got a couple of guests that we're going to go on very quickly i wanted to ask you about the last topic we were discussing were we able to secure any media coverage with regards to the cleanup initiative? Uh, it was on social media. Right? Yeah. It was quite a bit of social media. Right. And also, I think it was on India Herald and Post as well. So mm. It was a little bit there as well. Okay, yeah. alhamdulillah. Mm. Okay, uh, bro- brother... Brother Maksud, I want to I want to come come to you also. You, you've obviously heard the comments that have been going around. Uh, Boris Johnson, you've also been, uh, you know, probably for, following the news stories, you know, as they've been uh, developing over the last couple of days. Uh, what, what, what were your thoughts when when you heard these comments, uh, you know, being made by Boris Johnson? Well, Boris Johnson, you know, he started off really uh, good because you know Denmark was. Uh, banning the burqa so yeah. he was saying don't ban the burqa right. you know don't ban the burqa that would have been great yeah. but why did he have to but add why did he have to add that the most beloved people I in know, our community uh, look like post boxes uh, uh, or bank robbers let, why did that have to be added let, let us let, let us let brother maksud finish here brother i know <laughs> but i'm just t- no, 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 i totally agree with you you know these comments are uh, you know this is his style of you know of joking or i don't know whether he's serious but this is not what you call it you know these are remarks that for somebody who's 
studied in Eton, you know, very, you know, they spend thousands and thousands of pounds educating people like this. And he's a foreign secretary, ex-foreign secretary, and Mm. to use remarks like Mm. that isn't totally out of order. Mm. But I was just saying, what do you call it? He started off well, you know, he was saying that, what do you call it, freedom, uh, women have the freedom, whatever you like, you know, and they shouldn't, it's a liberal country, so any woman could wear it. But then to what you call it, Change it right. to what you call it letterboxes and right. bank robbers. That's totally out of order. Okay, so 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 this is precisely the point. So he on on the one hand, whilst he's saying you shouldn't be banned, on the other hand, he's he's you know ridiculing it, yeah. which actually show no 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 hang on, is ridiculing it, which actually shows that is his his objective and intention are almost the same thing, but he's saying the style that you're using is different. Let me show you another style of you know of, to achieve the same objective. But we've got a, we've got our first guest on the line, so I want to go to our guest and speak to our guest because our guest is very pertinent to this discussion. And it's uh, uh, Sister. Let me let me just put it up. Sister Sahar Al Faifi from Men's. Uh, Sister, are you are you with me on on the phone? Salam alaikum. Yes, wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome, well, welcome to the Friday Night Live program, uh, Sister Mashallah. I've, I've seen yourself on, I, I believe it was BBC, being interviewed on, on of, of, for this particular discussion. Uh, what, what are your, why don't you share with our, with our listeners with regards to your thoughts on this particular topic? I think it's very important to emphasize on the fact that uh, Boris Johnson's comment is not only uh, insulting and offensive, but actually mm. call it for what it is. It mm. is Islamophobic. Mm. Uh, it is racist. And mm. I think like some Muslims might shy away from using these terms. Yeah. But this is the truth. Like there is a lot of... Uh, you know, negative, hostile environment that British Muslim community live in. Mm. And such comments uh, will just fuel Mm. um, the Islamophobia and hate and and bigotry and needs to be um, called out as it is. You know, Mm. we know that he compared uh, Muslim women to letterbox. He's objectifying Mm. uh, the Muslim woman and comparing it to something... Mm. um, uh, like a box dehumanizing her and then mm. bank robbers to criminalizing us and mm. we know the kind of suspicions we already live under mm. as mm. as muslims you know we we face a lot of racial profiling in mm. airports mm. we face you know the 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 consequences of the disastrous strategy of prevent and mm. now we've got the members of the public you mm. know looking at me as a criminal you know he Absolutely. is suggesting that somehow yeah. as yeah. a muslim woman we are prone yeah. to commit crimes more mm. than anyone else yeah. and it's, it's very sad to see yeah okay jazakallah for that sister i i want to tackle this i mean we're going to be discussing this for an hour so i want to tackle it from different angles right so my first question is you know, Boris Johnson is not an uneducated individual. He's very educated. He's, he's a politician. So he knows what he's saying. And he knows exactly the reactions he's going to get by saying and using those words. What do you think are some of the reasons why he may have made those comments? I mean, speaking to journalists, mm. they told me that this season, they call it the silly season. Mm. Every year. August is where news uh, dies out anyway. Right. So every journalist is looking for a new uh, story. And mm. uh, Boris Johnson knew that. He knew that this is the time where uh, journalists are looking for something. Mm. Um, and obviously because he's uh, 
he is already controversial man, mm. but he wants also to increase his political profile right. in the expenses of Muslim women mm. like me, mm. uh, in the expenses of my own safety and mm. uh, security to just mm. further his uh, political interests, right. causing divisions within the Conservative Party. So, right. yes, he is maybe not educated, but I think he timed it really well. No, absolutely. I mean, that that is the key thing, you see, that I was driving it because the, the, the commentary that I've read on this is, I mean, for example, you know, Boris Johnson, he holds, he held secret talks with Trump's former strategist, Steve Bannon, exactly. as he mulls challenge to May, right? So John, Johnson and Bannon held private talks in the aftermath of his resignation, right? Then we've seen the crisis that's going on at the moment in terms of, you know, the mess that they've created with the Brexit, the economy, the continuous exactly. division. So here's Boris Johnson trying to reinvent himself as the defender of Britishness and desperately hoping to gain more popular so also, these, th these, but but that's the point here. These things are not done in isolation, and that's very important for us to to view that. And, and that, that's why I was, uh, you know, I wanted us to focus on the first point. Why did make those comments, right? So why, whilst he's saying to Denmark, don't ban it, he's actually, you know, he's 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 behind the same objective, but he's just using a, a slightly different different means. Your, your views on that, sister? Yes, I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, he he is really one of many in the Conservative mm. Party who expressed many Islamophobic remarks. Yeah. Um, I think what he um, did, he actually timed it well in terms of, you know, the, the lazy season or the, the silly season and yeah. then after the, the ban in, in Denmark and so on. So he wanted to build the momentum uh, for for him and to increase his uh, popularity. The issue is that we really need to work collectively to tackle that because this is my biggest concern, mm. that it, there there is a wider acceptance of his comments and remarks. I mean, looking at the social media feed, mm. feeds that I get and, and the abuse in the social media, it seems to be the majority are actually defending him, which is really sad. And it's very concerning because there's a lot of people who are suggesting that it's his freedom of um, expression and right. he, there's no problem of making a joke and you know to be honest like I don't have a problem with someone making a joke of me as long as I know yeah. the intention you know sometimes if I see a, a little child and sees me in the street and he yes, calls yes. me ninja mm. I was like okay high five do you want to see some yeah. of my moves you know I don't, I don't mind <laughs> that you know yeah, yeah, but, yeah, exactly. you know, because I know that he is not no, hating yes. me he's not yes. spreading bigotry yes. but with Boris Johnson you know yes. with freedom of speech comes responsibility and yeah. it doesn't mean freedom of hate and, and bigotry and we have to make the distinction clear yeah, Jazakallah, yep. sister. I mean, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Just, just imagine if I'm here on the radio, all right, and I was to make a comment, okay, and I was to make a comment with regards to women who perhaps don't wear as many clothes, right, and I said all these women are X, Y, and Z. What sorry, kind of reaction would I get? It, it echoes. Oh, oh sorry. Is, is, is it better, better now? Is, is it still echoing? Still echoing. Okay, it's, it's better now, right? It's not echoing. Okay, so just imagine if I was to make those comments on radio with regards to you know uh, uh, you know other women who perhaps choose not to wear, right? So you know what what is the reaction that we get? And we know as Muslims the type of reactions that we get would it also be considered freedom of speech? Of course not, all right? Hopefully yeah, I've got, got on, on the, the uh, on, 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 on the mic, mic uh, Brother Abdul Akbar. Abdul Akbar.
For, for the, the black bear, bear are, you, are you there? No, no I, I, I think, think we, we've, we've lost, lost our, our brother, brother Black Bear. Okay, okay, so, so let, me, let me bring in to the discussion, Brother Abu Bakr. You, I know you were very eager to, to join the, the, the discussion. But what the, you, sister, what the sister was saying mm. about freedom of speech, mm. look at the situation that we're faced with, how we have the situation with um, Prevent, and we, we know with um, the Section 7 under the law, mm. when we go to travel airports, how we can be... Um, profiled mm. with absolutely no evidence whatsoever mm. now if this was a Muslim person mm. saying something negative mm. um, for example about um, um, one of the high people in the community like a vicar wearing the dog co collar mm. and saying a negative comment um, about um, a vicar yeah. or um, a negative comment about um, a Christian re religious lady like a nun wearing her habit um, or if it was a Muslim um, coming out with um, um, comments um, uh, uh, of seeing um, a person walking around wearing um, a cross with um, um, on the, the Jesus on the crucifix in a negative way, I'm asking the question: How would we be viewed? Would we be supported and say, "Oh, you're allowed to have free speech"? Or I wonder, would we be stopped and say, "No"? you're actually inciting um, religious hatred yeah, and now that's a question that's a I, that's a relevant question because I really do feel if if this was a situation where it was a Muslim p person starting to say something negative about the Christian community who are who, who as you know on, on our radio station here we have very um, um, tight links with the local churches and I've yeah. met many of the the, the um, clergy from our, our vicars just as um, um, uh, brother Maksud was mentioning he's got um, initiatives going there on with the local church if, if we, we had, had a situation situ where this was going on and Muslims were saying something about um, people in the Christian community we would I'm sure we would not have that tolerated to us we would be being we would be accused of saying we were inciting religious hatred uh, I, I want to bring in uh, brother Maksud. Brother Maksud, let, let's get your let's get your thoughts. Let's get your thoughts, brother Maksud, on uh, on this issue. Well, you know, uh, Boris Johnson brings these remarks up, and then what do you call it? It doesn't see the effect afterwards. Mm. You know, hate crimes go up, mm. and we've seen what you call but, it. But, people but surely he sees that. He sees the statistics. All the statistics are showing that. And, and you know what? I wanted to get uh, some kind of a legal opinion today on on this, on this discussion because if you can actually show that these kind of remarks directly result in a higher proportion of attacks on Muslim women, shouldn't they be held responsible for these kind of negative, you know, these kind of you know reckless re you know comments? But the police have said this not what you call it uh, uh, racial. Uh, uh, discrimination sort of mm. thing you know so they haven't prosecuted him mm. and they don't I don't think they will be prosecuting him yeah. but I think you know Johnson is more pondering to the right wing he's trying yeah. to be you know he's, 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 he's after the populist he's vote. after the populist world he's mm. after being the next prime minister mm. you know so this is what he's exactly after. But, but and but there's there's the issue so he's using it's this irresponsible if, right, if well, a person like if gents, we're gonna we're gonna go to Abdul, uh, Abdul Akbar that we've got on, on the line so let's go to Abdul Akbar and hear from Ab Abdul Akbar Bro brother Abdul Akbar firstly salamu alaikum welcome to Friday Night Live you're not a stranger to this show and you're not a stranger to controversy but 
here's someone really competing with you and it's Boris Johnson with his really derogatory remarks with regards to these Muslim women who are wearing this niqab. I want to really get your thoughts and, and your perspective on what's been discussed and unsaid, uh, Brother Abdul Akbar. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, Brother Abdul Akbar, can you can you hear me? Unfortunately, oh, you seem to have some grinds. Right. Brother Abdul Akbar, are you there? Can you hear me? Were you able to hear my question? Yeah, I heard your question, Alhamdulillah. Um, yeah, so regarding the controversy, Rafa uh, Shaban, you know, Boris Johnson, with the statement he's made, is completely on a different level. But you know something, before we actually go into the topic, and before We've got a lot of cracking in 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 the brother Akbar's uh, connection, right? So we'll have, we'll have to try that again. Uh, in in the meantime, let me go back to uh, uh, sister. Uh, was it Sahar? Yeah. Uh, sister, yeah. Are you still there? Yes, I'm with you. All right. So, um, so yeah. Let me come back to you. So, okay. So, one of the points that we were discussing is, is obviously the attacks and the rise of Islamophobia, and especially, and you know, and there are direct metrics which show you a rise in Islamophobia, a rise in these attacks. Mm -hmm. You know, after such kind of comments and such kind of, you know, you know, uh, you know, actions, you know, by these kind of politicians, right? Is there a case for us to actually use that in the court of law to try to, you know, bring some accountability here? Okay. So here is the thing. Uh, the Muslim community are actually not equally protected in the current UK law right. as the other communities like the Jewish community and the black community and the Sikh community. I mean, mm. you know, have you not wondered why, you know, you see the EDL people having banners, no more Muslims, no more mosques, mm. and none of them will be prosecuted. But yes. if they were to say the same statement against the Jewish community, Absolutely. no more synagogue yeah. or no more black people, they will be definitely prosecuted. So mm. definitely there is a legal a loophole that has been, you know, used and capitalized on by the likes of Boris Johnson and mm. Katie Hopkins and so on. Yeah. Because you in the, the Muslim community in the law are not identified by race, but rather faith, right. while the Jewish and the Sikh are considered to be ethno-religious group yeah. and therefore you don't have to uh, prove the intention of the perpetrator if yeah. the attack is against them yeah. but with, for the Muslim community you have to prove the intention so the threshold is quite high and therefore none of the people have been prosecuted and Boris Johnson is saying these comments. Right, so sister I've only, got, I've only got five minutes so I want to use these five minutes with you inshallah with, with, with this round. Of, of course it's, it's it's, it's had all of these, um, you know, impact in terms of, you know, a lot of negative, you know, uh, uh, coverage, news coverage with regards to the sisters, you know, a lot, lot of extra pressure on, on the Muslim sisters who are wearing niqab, a lot of uh, extra pressure on, on the sisters that are wearing the hijab. What are you finding in terms of the result and the impact on sisters that are wearing the niqab and the hijab, right? Because the statistics are telling me that more sisters are actually holding on to the faith as opposed to, you know, the, the, the opposite. What, what, what are you hearing and what are you, uh, the sisters? that you're speaking to what are you what's the feedback you're getting back uh 
the Muslim woman, you know, as you know, we face a lot of pressure, a mm. lot of pressure. And, and, you know, I cannot explain to you the kind of social media abuse that I get after so. every media appearance mm. that I made. And it's mm. very, very disheartening. Mm. But deep down, I know that they are just a minority who happen to be vocal. So mm. my advice to the sisters that stick to what you believe in and mm. adhere to it because mm. you will be rewarded for every second. It is mm. not easy to wear the hijab. It is not easy to wear the niqab. You know, it is a struggle, but the good news that you will be rewarded for it because the last thing we want is the next generation of Muslims being afraid of expressing their identity. What we want to see is like Muslim, uh, young Muslims and apologetically uh, express their, their views, you know, without with respecting others and, and so on. But yeah. the last thing you want to see is uh, depriving somebody from expressing their identity. And then you see the identity crisis that, uh, it, that spreads amongst the youngsters. So I, I truly believe that the, 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 the Muslim women are in the front line of, of this fight yeah, yeah. and we need the support of everyone including Fantastic. our dear brothers uh sister i want to i want to go to abdul akbar uh, who i believe is now on 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 the phone uh, brother abdul akbar can you hear me uh, yes, I can. Fantastic. Welcome to Friday Night Live, brother Abdul Akbar. So, I, you know, we've only got about four minutes, so I'm going to let you go uh, open up, inshallah, your views on the on the controversy Boris Johnson has been creating. Jazakallah khair, Hafiz Shaban. First of all, I just want to say Jazakallah khair to Sister Sahar, whose voice um, we were just hearing. MashaAllah, she has been so active over the last few days with her broadcast on ITV News, on BBC Radio 5, on BBC's Victoria Derbyshire program. Sister Sahar, MashaAllah, you are an example to both men and women across the UK for all the efforts that you have made in representing not just the Muslim women, but Muslims overall, humanity overall, in this disgusting remark that this man has made a few days ago. You know, Jazakallah Khair, you really are an example to me and and, and those who are of of the Islamic faith and those who are not of the Islamic faith that stand for freedom and justice. Jazakallah Khair to you, sister. Um, You know what I want to say here? I want to say that actually, you know, with Boris Johnson mm. and the remarks he made, mm. we shouldn't be surprised, you know. Yep. I mean, this is a party mm. that Baroness Warsi and Lord Ali have been saying that there's Islamophobia rife within it. Absolutely. Why is it that when the mm. Labour Party has hints of um, anti-Semitism, everyone gets on the back of that? Absolutely. But when there are, you know, sparks, and actually, not just sparks, this is a whole fire mm. and smoke of Islamophobia within a mainstream party. Why are the government and why are others condoning such words? And mm. here's the other thing, Hafiz Shaban. I, mm. I know we don't have long, mm. but I want to give people a quick food for thought. Because, mm. you know, when Nadine Dorries, the MP for mm. Central Bedfordshire, mm. um, actually came on Sky News and said things about the niqab and equated it to gay marriage and saying that it's not a sign of a liberal and progressive society and then bringing in the fact that niqab is a way of women covering up their bruises and equating Mm. it to issues like (coughs) SGM. 
This mm. is deeply, deeply confusing people, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's completely untrue. Mm. So we've heard of the news, you know, fake news. Yes. There's a lot of fake news out there with regard to the niqab and yes. with regard to the Muslim woman's dress yes. code. Yes. And at the end of the day, mm. we're touting, you know, a liberal democracy. We're out there saying that people should have the freedom to yeah. choose what they want to ten, do. Ten seconds there are women the like Sister Sahar yeah. who are basically saying, hey, we choose to wear the niqab. What's the issue? Right, What's the deal here? Why are you making fun of us? Fantastic, Abdul Akbar. We're going to continue, inshallah, with with, with your with, with this discussion in the in, in the last half of the the show. But we are now about to go into a commercial break, Sister Sahar. I want to really thank you. Just like Abdul Akbar did earlier, I listened to your interviews. I think they were absolutely fantastic. And continue with that, you know, articulating the case for Islam and for for the case of the sisters that do, you know, choose to wear niqab. Jazakallah here for for joining us on Friday Night Live. Fantastic, Abdul Akbar. We'll continue with you with the discussion with you, inshallah in the second half of the show but listeners you are with me and this is a very hot topic and I really want to hear from our listeners what you, what their thoughts are we're going to go into a commercial break and we'll be back don't go away inshallah ta'ala we'll be back in a couple of seconds until then salamu alaikum rahmatullah Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Friday Night Live with me Hafiz Shaban on Inspire FM 105.1 FM broadcasting live also to our sister stations Sheffield Link FM, Peterborough Salam and of course via the Inspire FM app and also live Facebook stream from Inspire FM Studios, inshallah ta'ala. To join in today's discussion and debate, we are currently discussing our lead story for this evening, and that is Boris Johnson's comments on the sisters that are wearing burqa, right? And he equated them with, you know, with let as letterboxes of even bank robbers, right? 01582481822. How could you remain silent? I want to hear from our listeners. What are your views? What are your thoughts? We've got plenty of guests who are giving me their views and their thoughts on, on why he said it and what he said and how derogatory and disgusting it is. But I want to hear from our listeners in Luton, Nottingham, Peterborough, Sheffield and anywhere else that you are listening to us from. 1582 And if you don't want to speak to me, SMS, WhatsApp me, your thoughts, 0779 Now I know Luton is a community where I see a lot of sisters wearing the niqabs. How does it make you feel? Right. How does it make you feel when you're wearing the hijab and the niqab? And as Sister Saha was saying so eloquently earlier, it is our sisters that are really bearing the brunt of this attack and this Islamophobia at the moment. And with me in the studio is Brother Abu Abakar Cooper, who I'm going to go to in a minute, inshallah. And mashallah, joining us live from... Dubai is brother Abdul Akbar also, who's also, uh, you know, a presenter or the, the, you know, of, of Friday Night Live, and he's also on the phone in So I'm gonna be going to a brother Abdul Akbar, but I wanna hear from my listeners in So please, our listeners. Get your views across to me and to our fellow Inshallah presenters and our guests on in, in, the, in the studio and online. Right, Abu Bakr, I know you were dying to get in, involved in this debate and I was you know, trying to silence you whilst I was trying to give as much time as possible to Sister Saha. Here's your two minutes. I'm furious about this. My daughter's nearly 16. All right. Um... She's spoken to me many times and, and she said, Dad, you've got no idea what it's like. 
I said, okay, darling, what what do you mean? No mm. idea what it's like. Mm. She said, Dad, you don't walk down the street. She mm. she she said, you're a white man. She said, you, she, she says, you know, nobody knows you're Muslim. Mm. I walk down the street. Every everybody knows. Mm. I've had situations. My daughter's had her scarf pulled off. My really in in Luton. Yes, my daughter has been accused of being a terrorist. Stop, yeah. Now, this. Mm is why this is not free speech mm. if you get an average fellow on the street and mm. they come out with a negative comment mm. you can understand the issue mm. with free speech mm. but when you are in a, such a position of responsibility mm. and we are talking about the man who has been lauded mm. in the conservative party standing in the wings mm. to be the next prime minister after prime minister may yeah. this is why this is significant because everything you right. say mm. everything you do mm. in politics means something why because it cultures opinion and the culture of opinion that this is creating mm. is hatred absolutely it's creating yeah. hatred yeah. for muslims right. and this is really serious and right. we have to say exactly what it is okay so let me let me go to my guests before i go to my guests right so the equality and the human rights commission said the comments were vilifying muslim women inflammatory and divisive uh, and divisive comedian rowan atkinson on the other hand said there's no apology is required for ridiculing religion right so we're getting you know diversity of opinions i, I want to go to abdul akbar and then we also have muhammad amin who i believe is the chairperson where, where is it here chairman of the muslim uh, conservative forum right and now the conservative party as as brother abdul akbar said earlier has been accused many times and for a long time of having endemic islamophobia Islamophobes and Islamophobia endemically within it, and it's not being addressed, right? I'm going to go first to Abdul Akbar, and then I want to hear from Muhammad Amin. What is the Conservative Party doing about this, Brother Abdul Akbar? Yeah, thanks very much, Harper Shivan. Great to be back. I got to say that I'm really disappointed by the senior Muslim leadership within the Conservative Party because at the moment. People like the former chairperson, i.e. chairwoman, Baroness Warsi, mm. she's been making, quite rightly, as every Muslim has, quite a lot of remarks about the statements that Boris Johnson made. And mm. frankly, it's falling to deaf ears. Mm. So the question I'm asking quite clearly to people like Mohammed Amin, mm. who are respected members of the Conservative Party, who are mm. trying to get the Muslim voice within the Conservative Party, mm. are these guys actually being heard? And mm. do the leadership and do senior conservatives actually give a damn about Muslims within the Conservative Party, because mm. I am sure there are many of us listening right now who have very, very similar views to mm. the conservative mindset and conservative approach to many things. Mm. However, when we see that mainstream senior members, foreign mm. ex-foreign secretaries, mm. are saying remarks like the way Boris Johnson spoke about Muslim women, you know, you've got to think twice. And frankly, people like Mohammed Amin, I would put it like this. They are powerless. Frankly uh, speaking. Let, let, let me put that question, like uh, Brother Abdullah, let me put that, put that question directly to Mohammed Amin. Uh, firstly, I want to welcome Mohammed Amin, chairman of the Conservative Muslim Forum to Friday Night Live. Mohammed Amin, welcome. And uh, welcome to a very strong statement there by Brother Abdullah Akbar. You're powerless in, in your capacity to actually address this Islamophobia, which people are saying is endemic within the Conservative Party. What's your response to that, Mohammed Amin? First of all, I have never been a person who believes in exaggerating his importance, influence, or power. 
and as an in, as an individual, I'm one member of the Conservative Party out of over a hundred thousand. However, the Conservative Muslim Forum is an affiliated group within the party. We've got about a thousand members, mm. which is still less than one percent of the party's membership. Mm. So we're not particularly powerful, but we do have influence. Mm. For example, I've had a one-to-one meeting with the with Theresa May when she was Home Secretary. Mm. I have regular access to the party chairman, right. and we have made the point very forcefully. On the 4th of June, we issued a public letter addressed to Theresa May mm. calling for an inquiry into Islamophobia within the... an independent inquiry in, on about Islamophobia in the Conservative Party. But, uh, this followed on from similar calls by Lord Sheikh, our president, and by Baroness Varsity. So, what, so what's happened with that request for an inquiry, just out of interest, Mohammed Amin? So far, nothing has happened. So uh, this this is the concern, and I think this is what's been echoed in the comments by Abdul Akbar that it seems that we're completely, you know, even those of us that have joined the system are completely hope, you know, you know, without much power in, in actually being able to drive that kind of change at all. Well, my perception is that the party's leadership has been hoping that the issue will go away. However, mm. the Boris Johnson article and the re- reactions to it by the Muslim community and by me and Lord mm. Sheikh and Baroness Varsi amongst others mm. has shown that this issue is not going to go away and the issue, what's at stake is not just Muslim voters. Mm. It, there's far more than, than that at stake because if the Conservative Party is seen to be backward-looking or uh, hostile to Muslims, it will lose votes not just from Muslims but from many other young liberal-minded people who value an inclusive, diverse society. Well, and th- that is not a way for the Conservative Party to win elections. Right. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure, right? Because, I, okay, I, I, I think we've lost Abdul Akbar. Abdul Akbar, I, I think you've gone, right? I've just seen a message that said that he's actually been, uh, he's, we've lost the line with, with Abdul Akbar. But, but my question there is, is Mohammed, I mean, that isn't it the case that, in fact, these kind of comments are actually, you know, posi- are, are actually, in, in, in a, you know, quote, quote and unquote, positive for these parties because it actually wins the populist votes, right? So the fact that they're attacking the, you know, the Muslim women and, and their attire this is nothing new this has been happening for a long time and this is actually with regards to you know the, the trends that we're seeing in the political spectrum uh, right across Europe which is towards the right wing po- you know the politics and, and it's just actually playing you know whistle dog whistle to, to that, that kind of politics well let me be more precise mm. I believe that Boris this is guesswork but I believe that Boris Johnson when writing his article mm. was hoping to make himself look more appealing to parts of the uh, brother Muhammad Amin I think I think we've got Muhammad Amin also now cut off so I'm going to I'm going to go back to uh uh, Dr. Abu Bakr, right? So you, you, you've heard what, what, mm. uh, what the, some of the opinions that we're getting from our brother Abdul Akbar out in Dubai. You've heard from Muhammad Amin what he's trying to say with regards to his position within as a chairman of the Muslim Conservative Forum and how he's limited in terms of his control and power. But you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm not reading that well. I'm, I'm not, I, don't, I, I, I don't have any confidence in, in, well, in that at all. And, 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 and it's a case of, for, for, me, for me, it's a case of two things, right? One yeah. is the fact that it's, it's, 
is uh, these kind of comments that are out there to win over populist approach uh, or populist uh, votes. And the second is it's a failure of liberalism, right? They they seen more and more women in the West. We're not talking about the Muslim world. You know, there was an interesting fact out there, which was that more and more women in the Muslim world are dropping the niqab, and more and more women in the West are adopting the niqab. That's incredible. So people are rejecting liberalism and adorning the hijab and the niqab. So is it the case that these people are failing? In, in, in terms of promoting the liberal values and liberalism and they see more people rising and, and picking up the hijab, picking up the niqab and it's a, and it's a case of frustration and a de defeat for them. Your, your thoughts? Well, it, it, it's, it's, it's frankly just total hypocrisy. Yeah. It, is, it, is, it is totally clear what Mr. Johnson has done and it's, you know, comparing um, the, the most honoured people in our community, our mothers, our, our wives and our daughters. You know, as, as Muslim men, we see these people as the highest people in our society. And that, that is just that is just a simple truth. Paradise is at the feet of your mother, right. you know, and, and, as, and as fathers, we look at our daughters like diamonds. You know, like I said, my own 16 year old daughter, she's mm. had her scarf pulled off. Mm. And she's been accused of being a terrorist. And this is before this. Mm. This is this happened months ago. Mm. You know, and so, you know, th this th this is the consequences of this. And when you have, yeah. this is the prime minister in waiting. We mm. all know it. Mm. When we get through Brexit and on the 19th of March, he's going well, well, to he's going to According to Mohammed Amin, his popularity has diminished after these comments. But I, I challenge that. Mohammed, I think we've got Mohammed Amin and Abdul Akbar back online again. Yes, once again. I'm, I'm uh, on uh, apologies for that, Mohammed Amin. You, right. you were in the middle of making a comment and we, we, we yes. somehow lost connection. What I was about to say mm. was that in my opinion, yeah. Boris Johnson, in his Telegraph article, was deliberately trying to make himself look more appealing to yeah. people on the far right if there is a future Conservative Party leadership election. Yeah, absolutely. Something can be positive for Boris Johnson while still being very damaging for the Conservative Party as a whole. Mm. Because the Conservative Party already gets plenty of right-wing votes. They mm. don't go... Right-wingers, by definition, don't vote for the Labour Party. Mm. And what Boris's article will have done is alienate many younger, liberal-minded people yeah. who would otherwise be Conservative voters. So yeah. for the party, it's been damaging. Yeah. But Boris Johnson's own personal leadership ambitions, yeah. I think that's why he wrote it. Right without caring what it did mm. for the Conservatives. Well, shouldn't shouldn't yeah, our yeah, first responsibility as Conservatives to be to conserve the rights and dignity of everyone in society? Also, most importantly, the most vulnerable people in society. You know, we're talking about little girls here. Like I said, I've had a situation with my own daughter and, and women. You know, surely we should be conserving the rights and the dignity. That, I mean, that's conservatism, isn't it? Of the most vulnerable in our society. Okay, um, I don't know if we still got Mohammed Amin, but I want to go to Ab Ab Abdullah Akbar. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, okay, it's not a case of just Boris Johnson here. I, you know, I, I want to broaden our discussion here, right? It's, it's not just a, a one bad apple, but, you know, we've heard similar comments from, from other politicians. We've heard Jack Straw, we've heard Michael Grove, we, we've heard, you know, other party members, you know, from, from all different political spectrums making anti-Muslim comments, right? So, Ab Ab Abdullah Akbar, Absolutely. what is, what, what is, what is the big game here? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you, uh, Dr. Siobhan, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, mashallah. I just want to put it to Brother Muhammad Amin mm. that, frankly, he must think we're a bunch of idiots. Muhammad Amin, do you think 
that Muslims listening to this program are a bunch of fools from everything you've just said. You are a Muslim, sir, and you are representing us within the folds of the racist, Islamophobic, conservative party. Now, and the reason I make this statement is very clear, sir, because at the end of the day, if a senior figure, the ex-mayor of London, the former foreign secretary, can get away with making these remarks, and you said yourself, the Conservative Muslim Forum is frankly a droplet in the ocean compared to the power that others hold in the Conservative Party. You are powerless, and yet you choose to remain part of a body and a membership that frankly is Islamophobic in every facet of the word. Now, I want to say a couple of other things before but, but you pass let's it back get a, to let's get a response from Muhammad Amin. Amin. Let's get a response from Muhammad Amin on that, Abdullahpur. Certainly. Sure. I've been a member of the Conservative Party for 35 years. And I would not have stayed in this party if I thought the party was racist or that the party was Islamophobic. That doesn't mean that the Conservative Party has, had, has not had senior people, MPs, over the years who have been racist and said racist things. It does not mean that there are not some people in the Conservative Party who say terrible Islamophobic things. Mm. But if I thought that the party as a party, you know, from the top down, was racist or Islamophobic, I wouldn't be in it. And what you need to have is the maturity to distinguish between individual bad people who say things that are wrong, and the party as a whole. And secondly, you do not gain power or influence by leaving things. You, mm. you can choose to be a member of no party, and you can choose to never vote, because you don't like any of the parties, and your influence becomes zero. If you never vote, other people decide who's in power. Well, so well, the first responsibility is for I will hang on a second. Who was a famous individual who said that I've left politics, I left the House of Commons to, to actually become a politician or beca- engage in politics, right? So it's interesting that you but say Hadi that. Shaman. Abdullah, Shaman. Yeah, Abdul, over to you. Yeah, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd, I'd like to respond to Mohammed Amin's comments there. Nobody is saying that you do not engage in politics. Mm. I fully believe as a practicing Muslim that all Muslims have a duty to engage in politics. Mm. But to affiliate yourself with a party whose leadership clearly has issues with members of the Islamic faith, let's not forget here, women who wear niqab are a very tiny minority of women amongst the general Muslim populace of women that don't choose to wear niqab. And the very premise of the society we live in which is a liberal democracy, according to many interpretations, allows for people to make their freedom of choice. Mm. Now, if I am a woman and I choose to wear something without force or prejudice, Mm. I should be allowed to do that without being made fun of by such a senior authority in the Conservative Party. But, Ahabi Siobhan, I want to mention a couple more things, if I may. Very quickly, um, Which is... Really quickly, these are really important points Mm. because I want to give the solution to this problem. A lot Mm. of people are concerned about what Boris Johnson has said. So my advice to my brothers and sisters out there, including Mohammed Amin, Mm. is that we need to get good at responding to the horrible arguments that Mm. I've heard over the last few days. For example, Nadine Dorries, also a colleague of Mohammed Amin, Baroness Warsi and Lord Sheikh, Nadine Dorries went on to Sky News and she made three arguments. 
She said three things.、Hmm. She said this is happening by force through cultures like the Taliban and ISIS.、Yeah. We need to respond to nonsense like that、hmm. and say the Taliban and ISIS have no influence、hmm. on women who choose to wear the niqab. Argument number two、hmm. is what they're saying is that hijab, not niqab, hijab、yeah. hmm. is a way for religious women. To rebel against secular values and separate themselves further from normal society.、Right. Can you believe the twist、mm. in、yeah. the argument they're yeah, making? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're actually turning on hijab、mm. and they're saying that women are choosing to wear hijab、mm. because they're rebellious against normal values.、Mm. Who chooses what is normal? To、mm. a woman who chooses to wear hijab,、mm. that is normal for the way of life that she is choosing to、um, follow.、Right. The argument number three、mm. is that they say that there's no commandment of niqab from Allah in the Quran.、Mm. There's people like, quote, Imam Saj Haji,、yes. who are going yes. on mainstream yes. media yeah. Yeah. from、uh, quoting the credentials from Oxford. This man, Taj、mm. Harji, can't、mm. even recite proper Arabic according to the proper pronunciation.、Yeah. So, this man is not an Imam.、Mm. And for those who say that niqab is not in the Quran,、mm. that is subject to interpretation. interpretation. There are opinions,、no. and women choose to follow, women who choose to follow the opinion、yeah. that they want to wear niqab because the Quran tells、yeah. them to, yeah. Yeah. then. Then, then, as long as they're not harming anyone,、yep. as long as they're not injuring anyone or killing、absolutely. anyone,、absolutely. what's wrong with that? Absolutely.、Uh, no, absolutely. Some, some valid points that you make, Abdullah, we totally agree. But you know, I'm going to go back to Mohammed Amin、uh, you know, with regards to the conservative party, conservative you know, Islamophobia within the conservative party, and, and the comments that we were making there.、Uh, to say that you know, it's, it's not one bad apple, Abdullah, but we, we're seeing that across all political parties. It seems to be that the trend at the moment that we're seeing anti Islamic, you know,、uh, you know, at, you know, Comments,、uh, anti Islamic, you know, politicking,、uh, all about populist vote, and, and that is a trend that we're seeing. So it's not just the conservative, I mean, Labour's and, and so on and so forth. But the interesting point was earlier where you were saying that how the anti Semitism that has been, you know, ca- you know that you know, the Labour Party has been, you know, character- or accused of has been taking, you know, the headlines for the last couple of weeks. And when it comes to the Islamic,、uh, you know, Islamophobia, that doesn't make the same, it doesn't cause the same reaction within, you know, the political spectrum or within, within any other. Organization.、Uh, let me start by、mm. reminding everybody that the person who speaks for the Conservative Party is the leader, Theresa May.、Mm. And she has condemned Boris Johnson's comments and she has repeated the point that the UK has no intention whatsoever of banning niqab or burqa.、Mm. She hasn't just said that last thing now, she's been saying it for the last four or five years. Because、sure. I remember about Five years ago, when Philip Hollobone MP had a private member's bill trying to ban niqab, a、mm. private member's bill that was never going to go anywhere,、right. she was in the press saying quite categorically that, and she was Home Secretary at the time rather than Prime Minister, of course,、yeah. that、uh, a niqab ban would be completely wrong.、Mm. She has been totally consistent about the freedom of Muslim women to wear niqab and burqa.、Right. Even Boris Johnson. Mm. Who was trying to have it both ways? He's famous for trying to have his cake and eat it, and this is another、yeah. example because、yeah. in his article,、mm. he was both slagging off Muslim women for wearing niqab and burqa. Yeah. And at the same time, c a l l i n g for it not to be b a n n e d Yeah, bit of a hypocrisy. But, but Mohammed, I mean, we've we got to leave it there, unfortunately. We've only got two or three minutes left of, of the show, but I'd really appreciate your comments、uh, and joining us on Friday Night Live this evening. Thank you very much, Mohammed, I mean.
Okay, thank you. Uh, Brother Abdulakpur, I want to get a la- last comment from you. Of course, I mean, this has have a, uh, had a huge impact in terms of you know story and media coverage in the UK. Obviously, a lot more pressure on the community. Well, what's your kind of message to our sisters? You know, and mashallah, Sister Sahar earlier was was very eloquent in, in her message. What's, what's your you know last minute for, for you? What's your message to the Muslim community in terms of holding on to Islam or you know to, to our sisters in particular? I want to say one very simple thing, mm. which is Allah will test us, yeah. and people will test us. Mm. And I say to my brothers and my sisters, don't get emotional, mm. but use this as a sign to educate yourselves mm. with regard to the ignorance that is out there regarding us as Muslims. Mm. And, you know, we can say that Boris Johnson is saying all of these, th- all of these things, mm. but we also have to look at the society outside. People, sadly, agree with him. Mm. People in the majority think that what he said was not offensive. Mm. So what can we do in Mm. order to make sure that Mm. we really speak to our neighbors, we get to know our communities, and we get them to know us? Because I know that Mm. sisters who are in niqab, who know their neighbors, who know their street, who know the Mm. people around them, who are non-Muslim and Muslim, I know for a fact that people love Muslims when they get to know us and Muslims love them back. So my advice is don't respond with hate, respond with love, respond with wisdom as per the guidance of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and use this opportunity to educate yourselves on the argument, the nonsense that's being promoted about Islam. We are are running out of time and I need to give Brother Abu Bakr Cooper his last minute, otherwise he's going to kill me after this show. Uh, Abdul Akbar, (laughs) Jazakallah for for your time uh, this evening. Jazakallah. Jazakallah, Jazakallah, We respond as Muslims with hikmah, that means wisdom, and we heard the, the, the best advice there from Abdul Akbar. We have to believe mm. that our voices matter in this country. Yeah. All right. Now, mm. everyone listening, make sure you've got a pen handy. You've got one minute. Conservative Party Central Office, 020-722-9000. Ring on that number. I've done it earlier today. Whatever your view is, one one way or the other, you can go through their phone message and you can leave your thoughts to the Conservative Party Central Office. Our voices matter. What we say matters. If Mm. you think it doesn't, nothing will change. Our voices voices is what makes this change. So let's get out. 020-722-9000. Check it up on the the internet if you can't remember the number. Conservative Party Central Office. Just let your voices count. count. Jazakallah, brother Abu Bakr. Okay, and and, and that's about it from me, Hafiz Shaban, on Friday Night Live this evening. Jazakallah. Apologies for, for not being able to, you know, get all of your views on the show this evening. But it was it was jam packed. We had a, we heard a lot from our from our guests, and I think the the central message is the community need to we need to take responsibility for engaging with the wider community inshallah, and doing as much as we can until next week. Inshallah, we've run out of time. Until next week, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.